The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to Filato's Fantasy Corner here on Big Blue View Radio. I am the host, Nicholas Filato, and this is the DFS Show. We are going to be going over the conference championship. So we're talking about two games, two very exciting games. One of them a rematch of this season when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel up to Lambeau Field. And then we have, for the AFC, the Bills traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs beat the Bills 26-17 in Buffalo earlier in the season. That was on October 19th. So both these teams have seen each other. Now with Tampa Bay and Green Bay during the season... The Green Bay Packers jumped out to a 10-0 lead down in Tampa Bay, and then it was nothing but the Buccaneers after that, and Aaron Rodgers was completely shut down. But since that game, Aaron Rodgers has been on an absolute tear. So for that game, it's the 305 game on Sunday, January 24th, over-under of 51, and the Green Bay Packers are favored by 3.5 points. This game is going to be interesting because it's going to be below freezing. It's projected to be around 30 degrees. It's going to feel like it's in the low 20s. And according to NFLweather.com, as of right now, in the third and fourth quarter, we could see some precipitation, which is going to be snow. Tom Brady made a career playing in the snow for the New England Patriots, but in his elder years, his skill set kind of waned a little bit because, obviously, those conditions aren't conducive to throwing success. Now, we've seen Tom Brady with the tuck rule, an incredible snow event in NFL lore, But that was many moons ago. Now he may have to play up in Green Bay, and the offense may not be clicking like it does down in Tampa Bay. Two totally different elements, and you have to factor that in. And when we look at DraftKings scoring here, Aaron Rodgers is 6,500, and Tom Brady is 6,100. Both very affordable, not overly priced kind of quarterbacks, and the cheaper of the options, because Pat Mahomes is 7,600, and Josh Allen is 6,900. So Aaron Rodgers, he was held to, I think, 160 yards through the air, and he had a rushing touchdown, too, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers through two picks against Todd Bowles' defense. That was back in week six. It was a while ago, and Aaron Rodgers has done everything since then, literally. He's the odds-on favor to be the NFL MVP, and he'll more than likely win that. I think he's an excellent choice because we've seen him just have so much success through the air. Now, I think Todd Bowles is going to bring the pressure a lot and try to get Rodgers rattled, something that 
The Rams couldn't do last week against him with a hurt Aaron Donald. But Todd Bowles and company can get pressure. They like to play man coverage on the back end. And I expect Bowles to bring the pressure, bring five-man pressure packages. Try to take advantage of the fact that David Bakhtiari is out with injury. So we could see that. But still, $6,500 on DraftKings for Aaron Rodgers, that's almost a steal against this Buccaneers defense that has been torched a lot of this season. I think Carlton Davis is a good cornerback, but put him up against Devontae Adams, I don't think anybody can really survive. Not even someone like Jalen Ramsey. And as for Tom Brady, look, he's been playing out of his mind as well. Has over 22 fantasy points in his last five games. And I know he only scored 15 fantasy points against the Buccaneers, but that more is a product of game script than the Packers' defense. I know it was 10-0 early on, but then there was a pick six by Tampa Bay's defense, so Tom Brady didn't get as much offensive output as he needed to, and they closed the game out late in the game with Ronald Jones just running the football, so he wasn't needed. I think he's an option, but it's going to be a contrarian option because of those elements. I think those elements will deter this Florida-based team, but still, 6,100. I would definitely diversify, put him into some of your lineups. As for the running backs, Aaron Jones, 6,500. Todd Bowles in this Tampa Bay defense is what I call a funnel defense. It's what a lot of people call that. Funnel defense is a defense that forces you to do one or the other thing. In this case, they're a funnel defense that forces you to throw the football because you can't really run on them. Tampa Bay has been really, really stout against the run. That's not going to work to the benefit of Aaron Jones, but I believe we're going to see Aaron Jones. We're going to see Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, and they're going to try to establish the run, insert their dominance on their opponent in the cold weather. So I think there's going to be a healthy serving of this rushing attack, and everyone's going to see the opponent rank first. I wouldn't be deterred from that. 6,500 for someone like Aaron Jones is going to see double-digit touches will be used in the passing game as well on an offense that likes it's to drive the ball down the field, get down to the one-yard line, and that's where Aaron Jones, you could just punch it in, could end up being one of those types of games. So I'm not going to stray away from Aaron Jones. And then there's Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette, I know it's kind of gross, but he led all the Buccaneers' backs last week in snaps and touches. Ronald Jones was back from injury, and he's been playing relatively well. And this Packers defense all season has been susceptible to the run. Cam Akers last week had over 18 DraftKings points, and I believe that... Leonard Fournette can do something similar to that. But I think Ronald Jones is in that same camp. Fournette's at 5,300. Jones is at 4,600. And ironically enough, even though Fournette got a lot of the carries at 17 last week, had six targets, five receptions, I could still see people wanting to be contrarian and go at Ronald Jones at that cheaper price. And there's merit to that. No doubt about it. I know he has a finger injury. He has a calf injury. He's getting over all that. But maybe they think that he's the type of back that could kind of come in with fresher legs even though he's still injured and get more touches than Leonard Fournette a back that's kind of plotting but a plotting back is what may work in this game script in the cold so I think it's working more towards the Fournette I don't know if fantasy managers are going to outthink themselves a little bit and go with Ronald Jones because he's cheaper and because his talent is far superior to Fournette but I'd still go with Fournette at 5300 I think that's a solid option given the fact that Green Bay's defense has been very susceptible to the run and I'm probably going to sprinkle Jones into a couple lineups too there's only two games on this slate so you have to be contrarian in some sort of way you could even double up if you think Tampa Bay is going to win this football game I personally do not and I would not do that but Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon double up or 
Jamal Williams double up, that may be something, given the fact that it will be at a low percentage because Tampa Bay is so stout against the run. And logic suggests that it may not be the great move, but this is a favorite in the playoffs, in the cold, at home, against a Florida-based team. So anything can happen in these types of situations. And last week, Jamal Williams had 12 carries. And he has a slight ankle injury right now, but he should be available to play. And as for all the other running backs, I'm not going to be overly interested in A.J. Dillon maybe in a, in, a, in a really contrarian type of lineup. He had six carries last week, but he also fumbled the football. So I'm not putting too much stock into that. It's more Williams and Jones if I had to kind of narrow that down. But as for Keyshawn Vaughn and LaShawn Lash- McCoy, I'm not, I'm not delving down that rabbit hole by any means. And as for these wide receivers, Devontae Adams at 8,000 is definitely somebody that you have to consider all the time, every time. He had 10 targets against the Rams, facing a lot of... Jalen Ramsey caught nine of them for 66 yards and a touchdown. One of those were against Jalen Ramsey because of pre-snap motion that got him open. Matt LaFleur has done an excellent job scheming Devontae Adams open. So yes, his price tag is a lot, but I think it's worth it. And there are some hefty price tags on this slate. I mean, you have Tyreek Hill at 7,200, Travis Kelsey at 8,000. But if you could get a solid lineup with Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey in there, it's going to be it's going to work out well for you. It is. And Travis Kelsey is almost a staple because of what he can do any given week. But that means if everyone's going to own Travis Kelsey, he's probably going to be 75% owned. You can possibly get an edge by going with another tight end or inserting a tight end into your flex spot just because no one's really going to have that much ownership in the Bobby T's, that's Robert Tunyon, or the Rob Gronkowski's, or the Dawson Knox's of the world. So that's definitely just a different strategy to be more contrarian and diversify. As for these three Tampa Bay wide receivers, we saw Antonio Brown last week get injured. He was a non-participant in Wednesday's practice, and he's legitimately up in the air right now. There's no major damage. It's not a torn ACL, but it's no given that he's going to play in this game. So that's going to hurt, obviously, the overall effectiveness of this offense but then you gotta look at mike evans who's been dinged up right and chris godwin who has just not been good chris godwin only caught four of his seven targets for 34 yards last week and didn't really do all that much he's dealing with a hip and quad injury but he's going to play mike evans is going to play as well and i think chris godwin because he wasn't great last week could be a solid option in the slot we know Tom Brady relies on slot receivers a lot, and this is the cold. He's going to want to get the football out of his hands, especially if Tampa Bay does bring the pressure like we expect them to. So I think Chris Godwin could be in for a pretty nice outing here. I mean, before this that just bad game against New Orleans, he had 18 points in the previous three games. And one of those games, he dropped four passes or something like that. So let's not... Let's not forget how good Chris Godwin actually is. And the best part about this, I think, is he should avoid Jair Alexander. In my personal opinion, I think Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in the National Football League. I think Mike Evans will draw that coverage. Mike Evans, he had the one touchdown catch last week. That's all he really needed to do. I I like Mike Evans. I think he could really assist Tom Brady in the cold. I think he's playing injured right now, and I do think he'll get Jair Alexander, so I don't love him this week but he's still at 5800 
and he may come in at a low percentage. So I'm going to have some exposure to him, but I have the upside severely capped for someone like Mike Evans. I like Chris Godwin a lot better. And if Antonio Brown is healthy enough to play, I'll have a little bit of exposure to him, but not all that much because he missed the entire week of practice, and I do not believe that he'll be 100%. As for the rest of these Packers, receivers Alan Lazard at 4200 and Marquez Valdez Scantling at 3900 I think Valdez Scantling is more set up to be the the guy who blows up for a long touchdown we've seen him do that all season I know he usually only gets you know five targets a game six targets he had eight against the Rams caught four of them for 33 yards and it was Lazard that had the big play but you want exposure to either of these guys with Aaron Rodgers throwing in the football and the fact that Todd Bowles is probably going to pay a lot of attention to Devontae Adams it's going to be the benefit of one of these two players so I want exposure to both of them Lazard right now is dealing with back and wrist injuries but he should be healthy enough to go and if Brown doesn't play I also want to shout out Scotty Miller at 3400 he only had two targets last week caught caught one for 29 yards Okay, but without Antonio Brown, Miller is going to go under the radar. It's not sexy. He's $3,400, but he's somebody who could maybe squeeze in for a touchdown or a long pass or something along those lines. That's only if Antonio Brown does not play. A lot of those snaps should go to Miller. Tyler Johnson would also pick up some of those snaps as well. As for the tight ends, Robert Tunyon I like. 3600 We've seen Aaron Rodgers rely on Big Bobby T several times. He caught all four of his targets against the Rams for 60 yards. Didn't get in the end zone. That's kind of what you're hoping for. The thing about this slate is everyone's going to be so heavy on Travis Kelsey. So to diversify a little bit, get some exposure to other tight ends, put Bobby T in your flex in one or two lineups, depending on how many lineups you do. See what can happen. And as for Gronk, I think they're, I think the Bucks are probably going to keep him into block a lot. That's what they did last week as well. He almost had a touchdown. It just went over his hands. Caught one pass for 14 yards on five targets. But he's been blocking a lot because that's what he's best at right now. And that's what's going to help this offense the most. So you have to be aware of that. And give Cameron Bray and 12 personnel who's been benefiting from that. Because Tom Brady loves tight ends. And when Gronk's blocking, he used to have Cam Brate running some routes. He can run routes quicker than Gronk can to the short and intermediate parts of the field. He caught four of his five targets last week for 50 yards. So Cambry, I mean, it's going to be hard to get exposure to him as well, but throw him into your flex. Say if something does happen to Travis Kelsey and you actually fade Travis Kelsey, which I don't advise, but if you're putting a lot of lineups in, you might want to diversify that just a bit. Someone like Bobby T and Cambry are the options. And as for these defenses, you got to like the Packers defense in the cold with uh, older Tom Brady, who's playing phenomenally, but an older Tom Brady at 3,600 the most expensive defense on the slate for a reason and I think that's a solid defense to go with and as for the Buccaneers it's probably the last one that I would choose but sometimes it's the last one that you would choose that ends up scoring the defensive touchdown like they did in week six against Green Bay so always keep that in mind all right before we go to Buffalo and Kansas City let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors support for this show comes from Atlassian Atlassian software like Jira Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built 
to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and those Buffalo Bills going to the Kansas City Chiefs with a hobbled Pat Mahomes, somebody who has not cleared concussion protocol yet and is dealing with a toe injury. So Pat Mahomes is at 7,600 right now. And the speculation is that he should pass through the concussion protocol and be able to play, but that is not a given yet. He was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice, and we're going to have to wait to see what happens on Thursday's later practice and into Friday. And I think everybody except for Bills fans and people who love the Bills want Patrick Mahomes to play in this game because it's an incredibly exciting matchup with a 54-point over-under. The Chiefs favored by three. I'm imagining once Mahomes gets confirmed that that number will probably grow a little bit more. But we have to wait for that. Pat Mahomes, just last week, he had over 20 fantasy points in just over a half of play. He had 21 fantasy points, had that rushing touchdown, which skews that a little bit, but He's been playing like an absolute study at 21 completions on 30 attempts, 255 yards, had a throwing touchdown as well to Travis Kelsey. And when he's healthy, he's just on all the time because he's a stud. All right. And I think Josh Allen at 6,900 is a little bit of a value, to be honest. Pat Mahomes, 7,600. Buffalo's defense has been playing well, but obviously Mahomes can get the best of what Buffalo can do on the defenses at home for them. But you have to make sure that he's right. I kind of probably want exposure to both of these quarterbacks if Mahomes is all right, obviously. But Josh Allen, he only had 12 fantasy points last week against Baltimore, but I'm not really scared of that. As of right now, the Chiefs defense has allowed big games to fantasy quarterbacks this season, and you get Josh Allen sub seven grand because he had a bad game. I mean, last week he was 7,400, and now he drops 500 to 69, and I think that's a solid price tag. The rapport that him and Steph Diggs have really make me love both of them here, and Diggs is at 7,000. And I know Kansas City's pretty good against wide receivers, but I think Diggs can overcome the passing defense of Steve Spagnola. I mean, Baltimore's defense is one of the best passing defenses in the league. He had 11 targets, called eight of them for 106 yards and a touchdown. So that doesn't necessarily scare me that much. So I like both of these players a lot. And as for these running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice with an ankle and a hip injury. Even if he is active, I don't think he's going to see the lion's share of carries. So I don't really love a lot of these Kansas City running backs. Le'Veon Bell barely did anything last game, and it was Daryl Williams, who ended up getting in the majority of the carries, he had 13 carries for 78 yards, caught four passes for 16, and he looks like he's a much better player than Le'Veon Bell, if we're just going to be real. So if Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't back, I really like Daryl Williams as home favorites with Pat Mahomes there, if he's there, against Buffalo, a defense that has been playing better, but a defense that 
on the year, you can run on a little bit. So I I love Daryl Williams at 4,800 there. If Mahomes is there, they can take a lead on Buffalo, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. And Le'Veon Bell seems to be an afterthought right now. As for Buffalo's running game, no, I don't want anything to do with it. Singletary didn't get a touch until late in the second quarter, and that's without Zach Moss, who's on the IR now. And back in week six, when the Chiefs and the Bills ended up playing each other, Singletary had 45 yards on the ground and didn't really do anything. And Singletary is barely touching the football because the Bills heartily run the football. They just rely on Josh Allen. If they run the football, they usually use Josh Allen. In this game, there could be some light rain, which trends towards, hey, maybe you should run the football a little bit. It's going to be around 40 degrees, so it's not going to be freezing, but it could be nasty weather. So we have to pay attention to that, and it's still early. Okay, By Sunday, this could change, and it could be heavier rain, or it could be beautiful outside. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to be a little bit misty out there. And Singletary, the one thing I'll say, and I always go back to this and talk about this, is Singletary is 4,500. He is the quote-unquote starting running back, but he's going to not be owned. <laughs> so when can you ever get somebody who's going to be at a very low ownership who could have more than 15 fantasy points? I mean, it's gross, don't get me wrong, but maybe a little bit of exposure is something that you're going to do, but it's definitely not something you want to make into a cash game or anything like that because he just hasn't had 10 fantasy points plus since week 15 and then before that it was week 13 week 12 and then week 8 he's literally been in the single digits most of the season as a starting running back i know there was zach moss there most of the time but he's just been very very unreliable and it's the josh allen show and the steph diggs show and i think steph diggs at 7,000 is an excellent choice yes he's dealing with an oblique injury but he should be ready for this game he's going to be ready for this game and he's been an absolute stud along with josh allen and those two seem like best buddies tyree kill at 7200 as well that's somebody that you should consider he did not get into the end zone last week but he did have eight catches for 110 yards and also had three carries for nine yards and you know Andy Reid has a bunch of exotic things designed for him. I love Tredavious White. I think he's a very good cornerback. He does not have the speed to guard someone like Tyreek Hill. And you know how the Chiefs love to line up in three-by-one sets, but Tyreek Hill is the number three and just totally blow up what they want to do with that strong side linebacker and that safety. And it creates one-on-one matchups on the outsides for guys like Mecole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, who you could put anywhere. You can line him up on the backside, and then you have to rely on the backside safety in the corner to cone him double team him cloud him basically with cone kind of coverage and then the cornerback has to follow him wherever he goes there's a huge size mismatch there you could bring in the running back to his side and that totally occupies that other linebacker you can have one-on-one basically with the number one and number two to the front side of the formation running inside breaking routes and those guys like Miko Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are very speedy in their own right, so good luck covering them on horizontal cross if you don't use good technique at the line of scrimmage. So that's why all of these Chiefs playmakers can be in play for these big plays. The targets are going to go to Kelsey and Hill, but you want some exposure to Hardman and Robinson. More so Hardman to me because Hardman was used on several different types of end-arounds and quick passes and little touch passes to kind of get the ball in his hands. And I think there could be some more creative things down the line for him. Whereas Robinson, he had three targets, yes, and Hardman had four. Robinson only caught one of those targets for 14 yards. 
either of these guys can go off. So maybe you want a little bit of exposure on these three wide receiver platforms. I think John Brown, somebody that you could own as well. He had 11 targets last game. Didn't do all that much with him, so you may get him at a low percentage. And he's only 4300 He went down in price despite having 14 points and seeing that much opportunity. So I think he's definitely somebody to consider. Cole Beasley's definitely playing hobbled. You're going to get him with no ownership after he put up a goose egg. So contrarian lineups, but it's not the safest play. Neither is John Brown. I mean, the only safe plays in this wide receiver group are really Tyreek Hill and Steph Diggs and everybody else is a little bit of a crapshoot right now. Typically, I would say Cole Beasley is a safe play. But he's not right now because he's not playing healthy. I know he's not on the injury report, but he's not playing healthy. He got hurt in week 17. He's 4,100, though. Kansas City can be eaten up in the slot. And you're going to get him at a low percentage. So those are the things that you have to look at and be like, okay, is the risk worth it? Is there a reward here that's going to be worth this risk? And I think Cole Beasley could pull that off. And it only depends. And I'm only speaking to everybody who puts in multiple lineups here. It depends on what you want to do. If you're... Afraid of the risk? Don't go with someone like Cole Beasley. Don't use him in cash games. But GPP games, get him at a low percentage. Realistic chance he can go off? Yes, that's a good play. So that's how you got to look at these things, all right? And, I, I mean, with, with all these guys, with all these wide receivers, it's going to be hard to get Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Steph Diggs into a lineup with Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes if you're going to go in that direction. So you're going to have to spend cheap somewhere. Cole Beasley at 4,100, a player who has shown excellent teamwork and rapport with Josh Allen, a player that had over 20 fantasy points in week 15, over 30 fantasy points in week 13, over 30 fantasy points in week 10, over 25 in week 7. You know he has that blow-up type of potential. It's just he's not healthy right now, as I said before. So you're going to have to take that risk if you want it. As for the tight ends, Travis Kelsey at 8,000. I mean, he's going to be a plug-and-play every time. He's double-digit targets. Just does so much work for the Kansas City Chiefs defense and bills aren't even that great against tight ends it doesn't even matter because he's going to be a lock in anyways dawson knox is somebody if you want to go incredibly contrarian put him into your flex and maybe he ends up going off that's a very very low upside type of play right there and you might be just throwing away a lineup which is something you don't really want to do as for the defenses can josh allen turn the football over yeah he used to do that a lot doesn't do it as much now Chiefs are at 3,100. Steve Spagnuolo has been in these positions before, these big games. But the Chiefs defense, from a skill standpoint, hasn't really been forcing all that many turnovers. They sacked Baker Mayfield once last week. And they're not overly exciting. But in a game where it could go off to a pretty big lead, a game where you're trusting Josh Allen to throw the football a lot, could he make a mistake? Could Tyron Matthew take one to the house? Yeah, realistically, that could happen. So they're at 3,100, and the Bills at 2,800. If Chad Henney ends up playing in this game, I mean, that's going to be a really good play. But you still have Andy Reid scheming these plays and all these other playmakers. So it's uh, something that would concern you. But obviously, Chad Henney would be the worst quarterback by far left in the playoffs out of these four quarterbacks. And we saw him throw a pick last week. So there's that as well. Alrighty, everybody. Remember, with these lineups, diversify a little bit, okay? Don't go chalk all the time. Put in people who can realistically have success, get them at a low percentage, hopefully they go off, and then you have an edge to win some of these GPPs and bring yourself home some money in the conference championship. This is the show. I am Nicholas Filato. I hope you enjoyed Filato's Fantasy Corner here on Big Blue View Radio. I hope you guys enjoy these games as well. Take care, everybody.